welcome to my higa podcast experience togetherness an exclusive podcast in geriatric medicine geriatric care geriatric health healthy aging and life's simple pleasures my higa discover trusted senior living and care my higa was founded on the concept that senior living and senior care is something worth celebrating Hello and welcome back to my Higa Experience Togetherness podcast. Celebrate aging, senior living and care in every way through life's simple pleasures. Today, we will be holding a discussion about failure to thrive in the elderly. Welcome Dr. Purnima. Hi Shruti, nice to see you again. So excited we completed 50 episodes recently and we can't wait to hit our next milestones. To all our listeners, Shruti and I and Team Mahiga, thank you immensely for inspiring us to empower you with geriatrics. Something for everyone, regularly over the past few months. We are grateful for your interest and loyalty. Team Mahiga thanks you all once more. Dr. Purnima, in elderly patients, failure to thrive describes a state of decline that is multifactorial and may be caused by chronic concurrent diseases and functional impairments manifestations of this condition include weight loss decreased appetite poor nutrition and inactivity what would you like to say about it yeah interesting um uh, should be yet uh, such an unfortunate uh, condition in our elderly Uh, before I begin answering some of today's questions, I would like for the listeners to understand the word failure. Now, this failure is not what we see as progress in disguise. This failure is utter failure to thrive, due to so many factors. It is hard to even imagine. As you all know, these episodes of uh, failure are void of medical words and made for the common man. So everyone is empowered with the education. on various aspects of geriatrics elder care and so on failure to thrive affects both children and our elderly geriatric failure to thrive or failure to thrive in the elderly is what we will be talking about in detail today geriatric failure to thrive is a serious issue that affects between 5% and 35% of elderly in our communities and 25% to 40% of the elderly living in the nursing homes the prevalence increases with age and most failure to thrive is noted in later stages of aging than in for example 65 year old so an 85 year old may be more prone to failure to thrive versus a 65 year old one of the definitions by the institute of medicine is weight loss which is greater than 5% of the baseline uh, body weight decreased appetite poor nutrition and inactivity often accompanied by dehydration from that poor nutrition depressive symptoms uh, impaired immunity or immune functions and low cholesterol levels failure to thrive is usually a continuous decline in health that is due to multifactorial causes yes weight loss decreased appetite poor nutrition and inactivity are seen in the elderly most important though are the physical cognitive mental and nutritional limitations or we can call this quad to any degree geriatric failure to thrive uh, 
also is caused by decline in physical health, like being wheelchair-bound, bed-bound, having contractures, muscle weakness, joint problems, post-stroke contractures, post-fractures of uh, hip, for example, or it could be vertebral compression fractures and a dowager's hump or a hump or um, somebody who's bent over forwards, you know. And uh, these in turn lead to nutritional decline due to, again, lack of ability to shop around, eating one or less meal per day, inability to eat healthy, nutritious foods, inability to cook. Many times is dysphagia or difficulty in swallowing um, or choking on foods, uh, having sw swallowing disorders, chronic underlying comorbidities like inability to assimilate the nutrients, absorb the nutrients. And many of these are also due to environmental or socioeconomic factors like financial decline and so on. These factors are not universally the reasons for or causes of the geriatric failure to thrive. In fact, underlying diseases of the endocrine system, for example, like diabetes, thyroid problems, adrenal problems, may also lead to such directly or indirectly. Mental health is another major factor, like anxiety, depression, dementia, can have severe effects on the elderly, leading to geriatric failure to thrive. Illnesses like acute illness, like infections, uh, chronic, like diabetes, liver disease, kidney disease, or acute on chronic means sudden acute uh, renal failure on top of chronic kidney disease, including hospitalizations, repeatedly uh, being hospitalized may also play a part. Loss of freedom, loss of vision, hearing, taste. Yes, I'm mentioning taste and smell impairment can also contribute to the failure to thrive. A comprehensive geriatric assessment is the key to diagnosing or predicting, and hence treating or preventing the failure to thrive in the elderly. Some of the medical conditions that predispose one to geriatric failure to thrive are cancers of any kind uh, due to progression into you know, uh, metastases or the cancer progresses into other parts of the body or organs, or development of new cancers from treatment like chemotherapy or radiation therapy itself. Poor nutrition in cancer patients due to many, many causes. One is immunity or malnutrition, means lack of appetite. Poor immunity from infections, emaciation or cancer cachexia. That's a special term and we'll be talking about cancers in a future podcast. Chronic lung disease, especially chronic lung diseases, especially emphysema, uh, can trigger it also in the elderly. Uh, or chronic kidney disease can also lead to this. Sometimes treatments for the above, like chronic lung disease with steroids, like prednisone or whatnot, um, can lead to muscle weakness or myopathy and diabetes from the effects on the adrenal glands. So it can also lead to adiposity or you know um, fat deposition uh, uh, abnormally in the body and insulin resistance from the uh, obesity, bone fractures from osteoporosis uh, because of lack of nutrition, calcium intake, uh, affecting activities of daily life, and so on. Uh, this is all leading to a vicious cycle, unfortunately. Drug use, any kind of drug use, um, you know, cocaine, heroin, morphine, whatever, 
uh, alcohol use, uh, hard liquor included, tobacco, including chewing versions, snorting versions, smoking versions, um, cigars as well, leading to health conditions like you know lung diseases, kidney diseases, heart diseases, can also trigger such problems. Liver failure or hepatic failure, cirrhosis of the liver, uh, which is a condition where the um, liver changes in its um, uh, the way it is uh, made. Um, hepatitis or infection of the liver can also be some of the causes. They're also known as collectively as liver diseases. Some drugs can be related like anticholinergic and most over-the-counter medications for sleep contain anticholinergics, for example, Benadryl or diphenhydramine. It's also used for anti-itching, but also used for sleep medicine. And this drug can cause severe cognitive impairment. It means it can lead to dementia, unfortunately. Dry mouth, constipation, blurred vision, worsening of the glaucoma, um, and you know, lack of appetite, um, uh, you know, lack of taste, etc. And elderly, like anyone else, shop around for those meds. Uh, that we just described and unsuspectingly buy these things. Others may include drugs such as anti-seizure or things that are used to treat seizure disorder, leading to loss of appetite, cognitive issues, weight changes. Benzodiazepines are also like Xanax, Alprazolam, etc. They can also cause, um, you know, they're used for sleep med, anti-anxiety and things like that. They can also cause cognitive changes and sometimes trigger dementia in the elderly. So some, are, some others are beta blockers, which are taken as antihypertensives, like Inderol, uh, and also for treating blood pressures. Uh, congestive heart failure conditions, uh, where people can take diuretics, also called the water pill, taken for heart failure, liver failure, renal failure, hypertension, can also affect an elderly. How they work is through causing dehydration, electrolyte, electrolyte imbalances, and also sometimes through mobilization of calcium out of the bones, which can be so trivial yet, you know, go un unnoticed. It's important we mention beer's criteria here. Polypharmacy is rampant. Polypharmacy means use of multiple medications in the elderly. So that means an elderly comes to um, has been taking a lot of medicines. And I've encountered this with my own geriatric patients who used to visit different specialists and ended up with drugs that interacted with each other. They had a very long list of medications, which also included over-the-counter medications, nutraceuticals and nutrition supplements. And sometimes there were duplications or duplicated medicines, means same type of medicine, but two of them or three of them. And many times the caregivers would tell me, she is or he is not eating well now. Why? This is simply because of those drugs. Um, like she used to before. We don't know what happened. And now you know. This reminds me of a patient I was told to follow by a conservator about 14 years ago. This lady was living by herself and with a progressive dementia, she became you know, more and more suspicious and reclusive. Um, and isolated and uh, yet she wanted to live um, free, uh, live and be free but did not understand what freedom really meant. So she continued to live until the conservator managed to get her out um, to be treated as a long-term patient 
at a nursing home and then to a care home. She was so severely malnourished, uh, I couldn't even believe my eyes, that it took her several months to recuperate. And finally, she had gained 50% of the lost weight. The reason was simple. She had lost her spouse and was depressed so much that she was suicidal and her mode was to starve to death. So this is common. Um, in another incident about 16 years ago, a lady was placed on GT feeding, which is gastrointestinal tube feeding uh, or a, a tube that goes through your um, you know, stomach or uh, because of severe weight loss. Over the period of six months, she finally regained her weight, started physical and occupational and speech rehabilitation, and finally left the nursing home with a walker. Uh, she was a great success story indeed, to the pleasant surprise of the family who thought that uh, that was it for her. Interestingly, her feistiness never decreased, and most likely her personality um, you know, probably uh, triggered her recuperation. Delirium is another factor that's confused with dementia and noted in failure to thrive. Factors could be multifactorial and variable. And we will address delirium in a subsequent episode. What are some predictive onsets that mark this decline? While most of the geriatric failure to thrive is unpredictable, some are indeed predictable. Uh, they may be due to multiple reasons I just spoke about, which is uh, coming from, you know, uh, physical inabilities, cognitive, uh, mental inabilities, uh, psychosocial, financial inabilities, social inabilities, you know, social isolation, loneliness, etc. And uh, also predictive onset, most important is age itself. With declining health and increasing age, uh, onset of failure to thrive is uh, higher uh, in the elderly. And also to be noted is that uh, failure to thrive affects all um, sexes and genders, races, um, religions, you know, heritage and whatnot. So, um, so we can, you know, uh, talk about it more in the future questions. Thank you for answering that. Um... Moving on to the next question, how can the family handle it emotionally as well as practically? Good question. Families or spouses or partners will always have a hard time handling this because they never expected this uh, to begin with. And, you know, uh, most people are not really aware of how aging takes place, what is normal aging, what is abnormal aging, and so on. Um, and sometimes the elderly themselves are surprised and have a hard time to cope, including the spouses probably, who are also, uh, who are or are not maybe cognitively challenged. The reasons are again multifactorial. And I know I've used this word many times today, but that is how it is. There is not one simple factor that triggers failure to thrive in the elderly. First and foremost, a good uh, comprehensive geriatric assessment, including a geriatric depression scale uh, administration is important, like the GDS scale. I usually use a 30-point scale because it's more comprehensive. And, uh, and a mental cognitive uh, testing is critical as well. And there are many, many out there now. Uh, and, uh, you know, the standard was MMSE, but we have SLUMS, 
and a uh, lot more. Second, a detailed uh, family meeting to discuss the current situation, pros and cons of not treating this, treatment options, longevity, uh, quality of life, and more is essential. Aging health education definitely helps. Emotional handling is holistic handling of the crisis. Now, most of the time, there are also caregivers who have been handling an elderly or are supposed to handle them now uh, as they have been declining. And they are going to definitely go through some crisis along with the elderly themselves. Hence, an overall complete approach is essential. First starts with informing the diagnosis. Being honest is very important. Um, and having a, a two-way dialogue is more important than a, a closed conversation. So the conversations should be usually open-ended so that everyone has the right to ask questions and get the answers. Explaining the reasons by not making them feel guilty of leading to this in any way is the right thing to do. So many times guilty uh, feelings come up where somebody feels like they caused that in the elderly, maybe they should have taken care of better, maybe they should have done this and that and that, but that's not the real reason most of the time, as we just you know uh, discovered in the earlier questions. So understanding and asking them to ask questions to clarify is respectable. Non-judgmental and open-ended questions, I will stress upon again, are preferred during this kind of meetings. Especially in geriatric medicine, geriatric health, and geriatric care, um, emotional um, issues crop up even during con regular conversations. And if the conversation is about talking about a failure to thrive, then one must be aware of uh, you know, how this meeting should happen or where this meeting will lead one to and so on. Taking notes, confirming that they could ask any other questions regarding the problem as they arise and being comforted that the family is capable of such in the future is also important. So that trust building is really critical. A lot of times we forget about the elderly themselves who may be huddled in a wheelchair or a gurney uh, or maybe present you know, in the uh, meeting. Every effort must be made to respect that person as well, even if they're cognitively challenged. Uh, families and caregivers will face burnout, trying to revive someone that is severely malnourished, cognitively challenged, and clueless. Caregiver crisis can set in at any time. Hence, caregivers must be given resources to cope with. They should um, you know, go to um, some caregiver meetings uh, and meetup groups and join other people similar um, in a similar journey like themselves uh, to cope with this as mental health issues uh, um, do occur very frequently. Losing patients, getting anxious or depressed can also affect the outcome. Practical care begins with lab testing for electrolyte imbalances, immunity, anemia, hormonal imbalances, renal or liver diseases, x-rays to check for extent of osteoporosis and any accompanying factors. A scan of the brain to determine the pathology. Any pathology is a must. Tests including testing for depression, as I just mentioned, the geriatric depression scale, anxiety, um, uh, cognition, pain, hearing, vision, mobility, joint movements are also quintessential. There may be uh, also more um, other, uh, likely uh, the patient may get more tests, an EKG or a heart scan or a lung scan. 
depending on the condition of the patient and the person's present or past conditions. So practical options include housing, nutrition, finances, trusts, wills, and much more. Options also must address the safety, security of the elderly who are failing to thrive since accidents. Newer health, health hazards can also pose a threat. We should address the prospect of not recovering to normalcy, status quo or further decline and impending sudden death. Hence, end-of-life talks, making sure there is a healthcare proxy or power of attorney and our financial power of attorney is of grave importance. Uh, because the elderly, if they do not have these kind of resources or people to vouch for them, it's very, very difficult uh, for somebody with cognitive impairment to make a proper uh, ethical judgment about their own care. So education, empathy, encouragement, empowerment, and emotional intelligence emotional quotient is important in handling delicate events like this. Dr. Purnima, what are some points that we might miss but are of utmost importance? Good question, Shruti. Each elderly presents differently with geriatric failure to thrive. Hence, the treatment options must be tailored to that specific individual. So underlying diseases should be identified, diagnosed on time, and treated accordingly and continuous monitoring is necessary to prevent a relapse. A fine example is diabetes. The benefits versus risks of treatments must be weighed. Patients with geriatric failure to thrive are more likely at their end of their lives and hospice care probably is a better dignified option than cumbersome invasive treatments and surgeries. Most elderly would agree if they were cognitively normal um, that they don't want all these treatments or procedures. But because of the challenges and confused families, uh, you know, they might end up getting those wrong choices and uh, unfortunate uh, treatments. Uh, this can be really painful instead of creating harmony for the elderly. Genders matter. Males and females may express differently and males are less likely to seek care than females. And it's true. This is why uh, globally, we see almost a decade uh, plus uh, longer lifespan in females compared to males because they are more open to seeking care than males. A complete assessment is necessary and team intervention with families is the best option. Physical therapist, occupational therapist, speech therapist, psychologist, a geriatrician, social worker, power of attorney must come together to present the facts, get answers to questions, and formulate a care plan or plan of care that best suits the needs and wants of the elderly. What I saw in these cases from my own experiences was that most were so fragile that wounds, pressure sores were so commonly noted. So skin care is very essential as well. Um, falls in the elderly is very common in geriatric failure to thrive because of muscle weakness, myas myopathy um, because of osteoporosis, weak joints, broken bones, and so on. Uh, and sometimes people fall and even get head, head trauma. And uh, they can succumb to bleeding in the brain. Uh, and they can also succumb uh, to fractures of the hip, arm, or even back or anything, skull. Uh, if they were still ambulatory uh, and if bed bound, uh, it's still possible they could be 
you know, prone to falling down. There is still a risk of spontaneous vertebral compression fractures either ways. So, so physical rehabilitation should be continued along with addressing others like nutrition and cognition. So basically, we are asking for a parallel uh, treatment plan. That means uh, do not leave one treatment behind the other. So continue physical, continue cognitive, nutritional, mental, everything simultaneously so that the person has uh, the best chance of recovering as quickly as possible. A muscular training is, uh, if applicable, the strength building uh, may help, but takes a long time. Protein calorie malnutrition must be addressed since muscles are made up of protein. And along with proteins, calorie intake, there are also micro and macronutrients that must be taken in adequate amounts like copper, magnesium, vitamin C, vitamin A, uh, zinc, uh, manganese, and so on. Bowel and bladder issues, including constipation from lack of fiber, incontinence issues, infections, you know, repeated urinary tract infections must be treated as much uh, as possible without medications uh, because uh, sometimes the medicines can cause adverse drug effects uh, like urinary retention, bowel impaction, worsening of glaucoma, and so on. It is critical that the family or the power of attorney play an active role in the care of the elderly. Vision and hearing aids do help boost morale in many ways. And as we remember, dignity is meeting the basic needs of life at any given time. Dr. Purnima, how can Maihiga play a role in all of this? Great question. Uh, Maihiga has a major and multifactorial role in this, from helping families find, search, connect, communicate uh, with senior living and care providers, and hospitals and healthcare systems to booking the right care for the elderly, for their beloved elderly, uh, right care, right time, every time. Mahiga blogs and podcast series are also made to empower our families, communities globally. And aging health education is the foundation we are building on, for there is no consumer power without empowerment. My Higa is also a bridge between providers, consumers, and our elderly so that they can enjoy cozy living wherever they want to live, retire, or get care. My Higa also empowers the senior living and care providers who take care or specialize in geriatric failure to thrive. It gives them a chance to have a voice, be seen, be heard, and noted so that consumers, especially looking for providers whose expertise is in geriatric failure to thrive will be easily able to contact these people so that the elderly get the right care. So check out www.mihygge.com. So it's www.myhiga.com. For our listeners, if you or someone you know needs help in regards to geriatric FTT, feel free to get in touch with us through our website. Thank you, Shruti. Completely agree. We are here to help senior living and care providers, consumers, and our beloved elderly.
Thank you so much for talking about this top uh, this topic, Dr. Purnima, and sharing so much information with me and the listeners. I am glad that we picked up this topic for today's episode. And as we know that this podcast is going to stay, so anyone anywhere in the world can listen to this and uh, do the needful and yeah, basically take care of their elderly. Um, also to all our dear listeners, if you want us to discuss any of the topics or answer any of your questions, please get in touch with us on one of our social media platforms. You can get in touch with us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Quora, Medium, um, yeah, more or less just every uh, social media platform that you can think of. Um, and we would certainly create an episode to address your questions. We appreciate every question dear listeners uh, globally nothing is unimportant for us or you as we are always growing with you our email is contact at myhiga.com looking forward to hearing from you in the form of questions reviews and a lot more here's wishing all our listeners health wealth and myhiga we look forward to connecting once again with our new episode on dementia 101 in the elderly Thank you all for listening. We are grateful you joined us in our pursuit to celebrate aging globally with Mahega. You can explore our blogs. They are free to read and easily available on our website, www.mahega.com. Sign up for our special newsletter, Discover Senior Living with Mahega. Um, you can also learn more or if you have any questions, please send us a mail on contact at mahega.com. To sign up as a senior living and care provider, uh, you can check out www.mahiga.com slash provider dash registration. We have a plan for everyone, free, monthly, and yearly.